Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, this is PJ Ewing, your host, the host of The Bee's Knees podcast, back again with another threat to a proper knee replacement recovery. I am on a mission with my team here at the Bees Knees podcast to deliver something that's never been done before. Truly a comprehensive, complete series on those things that can get in the way of a good recovery. Nothing like this has ever been done before. And I've explored all corners of the the internet, the web, the deep web, you name it. And there isn't anything like what we're creating here. Um, this is the fifth part of an eight-part series. I finally made a decision that we're going for eight parts and no more and we've completed four so far. Those things, those topics that we've covered so far are as follows, infection, deep vein thrombosis, extension, knee extension, and knee flexion. And this piece today is about protective muscle guarding. I have many people to thank in terms of contributions to this, which I will do at the end of the podcast. But just suffice it to say that there's some real pros involved in producing this piece as well as the others. Uh, I've gathered resources from a number of chiropractic offices. And then one uh, kind of amazing source uh, involved in this, Dr. Eric Dalton, who is, I would call, a god of all things myoskeletal. And I'll get into some of his comments and thoughts um, in a little bit. But we're going to go through an explanation and a full deep dive into protective muscle guarding. It's something that you know already, although you may not know that name. And so when I start to get into it, you're going to say, oh, right, I know what that is. That's happened to me. Or if you haven't had a surgery or had to go through a recovery, um, it'll be something for you to be aware of so that you can work around it because it really affects nearly everybody when it comes to their recovery after a knee surgery. Okay, let's begin with a quote from Dr. Eric Dalton and in his description of protective muscle guarding. He says, in quotes, when the brain senses bony instability or tissue damage in and around the knee joint, information is compiled and fast-tracked to the brain where a determination is made as to the degree of the threat and appropriate response the situation demands. Layering the area, the knee capsule, the knee joint, with protective muscle guarding is a common decision handed down by the cortex, the brain. A protective spasm is the brain's reflex attempt to prevent further damage to injured tissues. By splinting the area with a spasm, muscle locking effectively reduces painful joint movements. The brain simply acts to protect the body. When in question, lock the muscle. Helping patients avoid physical therapy pain is a major concern of physiotherapists for knee and other surgeries. So learning from that and trying to summarize what this guarding thing is, at its most basic level, guarding occurs when your therapist pushes your knee one way to extension or to flexion and you push right back, negating his attempt to help you gain flexibility as you try to protect yourself. It's a countermeasure that your body involuntarily does uh, based upon that 
quick, fast-tracked connection from the cortex down to the knee, and it stops the physical therapist from pushing you where he or she wants to push you. This means that there's a battle, and the battle lines are basically on that line of pain that the body is trying to protect you from. The body is using pain as a signal and you know protecting the area protective muscle guarding or as you sort of heard earlier a protective muscle spasm it's also known as that today's physical therapist will always be confronted with the mysteries of muscle guarding and it must be dealt with quickly as continued guarding inhibits proper knee rehabilitation a therapist cannot administer effective therapy if a patient's protective muscle guarding stops the therapy dead in its tracks and oftentimes, in addition to the brain's instinctive reflexogenic response to incoming potentially painful movement, there is the natural reaction to consciously protect oneself from danger. Getting past protective muscle guarding can be the difference between success and failure and some unpleasant consequences for your rehabilitation. Here's another view of protective muscle guarding or this protective muscle spasm. This is coming from Cathedral Chiropractic. They say, muscle guarding is part of our wonderfully effective self-protection mechanisms. However, if left untreated, it may stop being part of the solution and become part of the problem. As humans, we have evolved very effective forms of protection from both injury and from further injury. And the folks from Cathedral continue with descriptions of each of those situations, injury and then further injury. Let's get into that. We protect ourselves from injury by having very fast reflexes. When we talk about reflexes, we're not simply talking about what happens when we hit your knee with a reflex hammer, more about your body's ability to correct an unexpected action. For example, stepping off an unexpected curb could result in a nasty ankle sprain if your reflexes are unable to react sharply to prevent a fall. What happens is the stretch receptors in your muscles, tendons, and ligaments sense the sharp change in length as your ankle starts to go over. They send a quick warning to the spine, which sends quick instructions back to the muscles around the joint, telling them to contract and prevent a fall. In the meantime, a very slow message is sent to the brain, letting it know what's going on. We protect ourselves from further injury in a slightly more complex way. And this is relevant to those who are recovering after an acute situation like a total knee replacement or other knee surgery. Firstly, your sensory nerves send off huge amounts of warnings up the spinal cord to the brain. The joint position sensors, which are called proprioceptors, stretch receptors, and pressure receptors have a field day giving your brain over-enthusiastic information about the stress that the injured part is experiencing. The brain has to make sense of all of this sensory information and invariably will decide to plonk it all into one category and call it pain. Next, the body mounts an inflammatory response, which not only works to resolve the injury, but also prevents further injury by giving you a healthy dose of pain. Pain is the great inhibitor to movement. So while all of this is going on, you will most likely move the injured part as little as possible, which is great as it allows your body to get on with 
the more important job of healing itself. Inflammation also causes swelling, which has the effect of restricting movement in the area. Great news, right? Well, great news if the body is just trying to protect itself and avoid further injury, but if you've already had a knee replacement and you are in an acute situation and trying to recover, all of this is very, very counterproductive to what you're trying to do, which actually is move that joint a little bit further, a little bit further, so you can start to gain your range of motion and get on the road to recovery. So this wonderful, complex you know, efficient system of protecting the joint with pain as a monitor device, as well as swelling. All of this is not very helpful when it comes to your recovery. And the consequences of this type of reaction from the body. Now, this comes from Ravenswood Chiropractic. A common consequence of guarding is muscle fatigue. And not only of the muscle in question, but those supporting and opposing muscles forced to compensate for the muscle being guarded. Another possible repercussion of muscle guarding is the inappropriate and potentially harmful hair trigger firing of some of the body's reflexes. The irony about muscle guarding is that the innate intelligence of the body has the muscles in question believing that they must be guarded, so in order to protect the full body from possible further harm. As it turns out, though, this muscle guarding is more likely to cause further potential harm than that which the body is aiming to prevent by muscle guarding. It's causing a problem, not only for recovery, but it's fatiguing the muscles and it's causing this response, which can be, again, quite counterproductive. At its core, muscle guarding is an effort by the body to defend itself against a perceived threat, whether remembered anticipated or actually present. But when no threat is present or you're actually trying to bend your knee or have your knee bent by a physical therapist or a machine, maybe like the X10, and the muscle guarding persists, then the behavior has the opposite effect, promoting more problems than it aims to resolve. So you can see this is a big obstacle. It's a threat to a proper knee replacement recovery. And it's one of those things that you don't anticipate because you've gone through the surgery, you've had a great, you know, couple days in the hospital and your knee is, you know, ready to go. It's at home. You're, the pain meds are starting to fade and you're getting into your physical therapy. And this factor, this protective instinct by the body is now counterproductive, as I've mentioned a few times, is getting in the way of what you're trying to do, which is gently and easily and comfortably, but persistently get that knee to move toward extension and toward flexion. And you should listen to those other articles that I've written about those topics, because those are crucial to your overall recovery. So it's one of those things that physical therapists have got to help you get over. And it's a devil of a tricky thing to do. Uh, I will just tell you that I get, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 phone calls every day from people all around the country who are failing in their recovery. It's been four weeks, it's been six, it's been eight, it's been 10. And it is this guarding that is the problem. They all say they're pushing me too hard in physical therapy. I, I fight back. I'm going nowhere. We're going in circles. I come home from PT all swollen. And I've got to take a day off or two of recovery. Then I go back in there and we have this guarding battle. Uh, my response to their physical therapy and I'm frustrated and mad. And now the doctor's looking at me funny saying, I think we need to 
do another procedure, potentially a manipulation under anesthesia, or in a worst case, an arthroscopy, an invasive procedure. We don't want any of this, but it's this battle, this guarding, this natural response, this protection instinct of the body that is indeed getting in the way of a proper recovery. That's why it belongs right in the middle of this series. Um, so let's get into a, a case study of a patient uh, who had an ACL tear and a microfracture and how he actually overcame um, those issues, uh, the guarding response, and, and got himself back to, uh, to normal. Now, this case happened a few years ago, and it was in New Jersey, uh, and the gentleman's name, the patient's name is Luis Ortiz. And I'd like to thank Jason Shepard, BSCPT, that's a Bachelor of Science in Physical Therapy, who is also an injury prevention consultant. Jason compiled these notes, met with the patient, and was able to provide his insight into the condition of Luis prior to him actually going forward with the recovery program that he, that he did. The basics about Luis's situation were that he had 73 degrees of flexion, uh, so he couldn't even go straight down 90 degrees in a chair. Your foot straight down on the ground would be 90. He was couldn't quite do that at 73 degrees, and he had minus 9 extension, so he couldn't straighten his leg out either. He had a strange gait, gait pattern. He had some adhesions. Um, so it, there's a complete workup of his knee written down. But essentially, Luis found that his response to the administration of physical therapy was to resist with all his might in order to protect himself from pain. Sounds familiar, right? His physical therapy post-surgery had completely stalled. In his words, we hit a wall and I became desperate. As much as he respected his physiotherapy team, he just was no, no longer making any progress. At nine weeks post-surgery, his condition had not changed, and he actually engaged our X10 machine to help him catch up on range of motion. Uh, he did that with our program for about three weeks. His performance on the X10 was immediate, and it was a dramatic improvement when compared to his PT sessions. So let's listen to Luis, our little interview with Luis, about uh, how this went uh, and what his recovery turned out to be at the end. I had an accident where I broke my ligament, and I have two other ligaments there. So I went to Dr. Patel in Tinek. So I had surgery. May 29 at Holiday Hospital. After the surgery, I came home and I stayed on bed for two weeks. I started therapy in Ivy, physical therapy. Uh, we tried for some weeks to improve, uh, but we hit a wall. And for some reason, it was at one point very painful and we were stuck in a point that we couldn't go further. That's when I got desperate. I saw people uh, giving good comments about a machine called X10. I tried to use the machine as much as possible. The machine is my new friend. I have the machine in front of the TV. So I just turn the TV on, watch a movie, watch music videos, because every time I use it, I see little bit of improvement every time. My friends in the physical therapy office, they have me there and they have the opportunity to check me every time and see how real the machine is working. And they see the improvement. So they 
very surprised. Today I have an appointment with my doctor and I know that, I, that he will be surprised of the improvement uh, that I have right now because last time he saw me a month ago, I was very frustrated. I was like at 75 degrees in range of motion and I couldn't do a lot of things. And today I feel more uh, confident that I w will reach my target of 130 very soon. And I'm very happy because with the machine I'm seeing a lot of improvement and results in a very short period of time. So at the end, what we can say about his recovery after three weeks on the X10 at week 12 post-surgery, uh, he did 30-minute sessions, three of them per day, seven days a week, utilizing about seven pounds of pressure. He was able to achieve the following. Uh, he got to 98 degrees active flexion and 114 degrees passive flexion, so a huge increase in his flexion. His gait pattern improved dramatically with no crutches, and his extension got to a complete full straight out zero. He began using the X10 uh, in his home uh, right as you know he was at week nine. His quest to avoid PT became an earnest. He found that because the X10 machine was under his control, he trusted that it would not hurt him. So right there, we're talking about why would a machine work better than physical therapy? And it was that he knew it wasn't going to hurt him. And once he internalized that and was able to believe consciously and then subconsciously that the machine was there to protect him and he didn't need to respond consciously and unconsciously with protective muscle guarding, he was able to start doing effective physical therapy. So no longer was the body's response just taking over his reactions. He was able to put that into perspective and to control, uh, again, consciously and unconsciously, his response to physical therapy. And then progress started to happen. And it was slow and steady, but it was an ongoing week after week improvement that got him out of the woods. But then by week 12, he did not need a manipulation under anesthesia or any further procedures. He wasn't 100% done, let's just say that, but he was over the hump. The intervention was done and he was able to, you know, finish off with traditional physical therapy after that for a couple more weeks. Luis's surgeon, Dr. Deepan Patel, was really kind of blown away, as was the team at IV Orthopedics in Paramus, New Jersey. They really had never seen anything like this before. And remember, they were stuck having worked with him for nine weeks. And then this little intervention really opened all of their eyes to what, what can happen with the X10. So let's wrap this up. Uh, in conclusion, a vast majority of knee patients are tasked with outmaneuvering knee protective muscle guarding after surgery. It is a common problem that if unsolved, completely derails a proper recovery and causes months and even years of problems. If you are experiencing what matches our descriptions here of guarding, um, you should speak with your physical therapist and your surgeon about the situation. You want to get past this problem as quickly as you can before it becomes a major obstacle to your knee surgery or recovery. It might mean a different course of physical therapy. It might mean more frequent therapy. It might mean more times a day. It might be not 
allowing the therapist to push you so aggressively so you don't have those setbacks. There are other courses of action beyond traditional aggressive physical therapy uh, that you can take. And of course, the X10 machine is one of those, but it's not available everywhere. I know that. And so being aware of the problem is, you know, half the battle. And uh, you and your team, wherever you live, can address this reaction, this response from the body, this guarding response uh, uh, together as a team. The sources for some of the material here are as follows. Dr. Eric Dalton, PhD. You can visit his website. Uh, the folks at Cathedral Chiropractic, the folks at Ravenswood Chiropractic, Jason Shepard, who uh, wrote the case study that you uh, heard the quick summary of. If you do want to learn more about the X10 Knee Recovery System, go to x10therapy.com, send an email to info at x10therapy.com, or just leaf through some of these podcasts, some of the past podcasts. You'll learn a lot about what we do. You'll hear from patients. We're not here to push the X10 machine on everybody, truly. But the more that people are aware of it, the more that they can seek it out and find it if it's something that they're interested in using for physical therapy after surgery, for prehabilitation before surgery, or as an intervention if they're having trouble with, you know, whether it's knee replacement or a patellar fracture or ACL recovery. There are many knee conditions where the X10 can really step in and provide 10 to 14 days of uh, solution, getting people you know over the hump and back to their normal lives. The problem we have is there there are not enough people out there that are aware of this X10. Every day we reach more people, more surgeons. We're calling on surgeons. We're introducing it. We're publishing more research. Wonderful things are happening. But I look at this education series as well as the other podcasts that we do as a means of getting the word out to the people that really need the help when they need it. I hate to hear. Uh, folks that say, and I hear this more often than I'd like to admit, gee, I wish I had known about you before my surgery. And the more people that hear these podcasts, the more likely it is that the, the right people get the X10 in their home uh, when they need it, uh, whether it's before or again after surgery. Um, my name is PJ Ewing. I'm your host. I'm here doing these podcasts week in and week out. I am more than happy to uh, provide you with uh, insight. So again, reach out to us, info at x10therapy.com. Or if you have a thought on for the Bees Knees podcast, or you'd like to uh, be a guest yourself on the podcast, I'm, I'd love to chat with you. It's the Bees Knees podcast at gmail.com. So I'll see you next time. And uh, again, we'll be marching toward the end of this series uh, over the next few months. So uh, keep your, uh, your yourself tuned to the podcast feed that you've got. Thanks. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.